shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang! Hello and welcome to Spray the Ball. New show. Same bottom feeder athlete. And last but not least, awful fucking takes. I'm joined today by... A man of many talents, but his best talent seems to be uh, taking selfies of us all. Um, Sasquatch, how are you, man? Not too bad. Not Good too to bad. have you. Good to have you. Thanks so, for uh, having me on. Fabled uh, friend of the show, only friend of the show <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> give us a bit of a background to your fabled uh, New York Knicks love New affair. Knicks. Yeah, it's a very strange one. Um, I suppose like most people kind of in Ireland say for example um, NBA is not maybe the first sport to draw as a kid it comes much later when you hit the kind of like mid to late teens maybe and, and you're drawn in by a player and usually that player makes you fall in love with that club that's very but, true yeah yeah but my player was Derek Rose pretty much I kind of started getting into basketball during his MVP season and then he did his ACL and like a lot of people I was just a casual fan of basketball and kind of was just kind of rooting for various different players and stuff like that and then after a while of kind of continuously watching and then kind of learning a lot of the backstories and stuff like that I just kind of I think I kind of fell in love with what the Knicks represent in that like it's New York it's tough it's uh, and they haven't been that for a long time no they're mired like, in mediocrity and I, I oh absolutely I don't Absolutely. understand how anyone tolerates it but uh, I did hear a rumour from your hometown that you actually the real reason you like the Knicks is that you have uh, photos of James Dolan all over your wall and he may or may not be in underwear can you uh, confirm <laughs> James Dolan <laughs> is a close person spot. friend look at the pressure <laughs> James Dolan is a close person friend yeah he's also a friend of the show but probably not for long if he keeps this shit up so no, no, um no. Yeah, just like obviously we're we're branching out now. Um, I think you've a few new shows coming down the pipeline, or you know we have our our ball bags, which is three three musketeers are on that one, and then the NRL show. So for any of our fans listening to this, go and give them a like and subscribe as well, and you know tell it to all your friends, the whole lot. It's worth it. Um. So, uh, look, we'll just jump into it really quickly. What do you think of uh, the Warriors and the Mavs so far? Uh, it's been, obviously we're recording on the Wednesday. This will hopefully be out by Thursday. Um, obviously last night we had the Mavs get their only win so far in the series. It's It's been a bit one-sided. Um, there's been a, been a few landslide scores. I think we're maybe at the precipice of... Kind of just how much one player can do for a team. I know it's something you definitely flagged on other productions that Luca just can't keep doing this amount. The volume is too high, and I was like, "Yeah, but it's working, uh, and it's no longer working." I don't think it's a very, uh, you know, the the modern term that's thrown around now is a heliocentric offense, where everything is just, you know, back in the day of one star teams, which is very very much kind of dead now um, mm. it's kind of it went from like one star to having three stars like your Miami Heat and your Boston Celtics when they were at their their apex and then it seemed to have kind of whittled down to 
two star leagues, to, like a two a two star yeah. teams. You know, like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are great examples of that, and LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, so, but look, yeah, like I I think it's a five game series. Uh, I would be very surprised I know Steve Kerr was very emotional for his own personal reasons last night and you know we won't get into that but you can probably understand he was probably having a bad day of it's, it's very close to home to Steve Kerr very uh, very very close to home yeah so. and they're they're such a well connected group you know they've obviously been around a long time that it was just a bit flat you know at times and I feel like I think game five we're gonna see like the Mavs will probably give everything they have, but I fully expect the Warriors to really clean house in game five. Yeah, I I, I like when I seen the result obviously this morning I woke up I kinda was like I it the Mavs at least probably deserve a gentleman sweep as to as opposed to an official sweep. Um yeah. given how hard they played throughout the playoffs. Um, yeah, for them to go out in the Western and say four nil would be a like a headline grabber would look at it and think they're not worth a fuck. But the reality is that they've really like they played their best basketball in the playoffs by mm-hmm. a mile. They mm-hmm. didn't look like a team that was really going to like ever get near Phoenix. But they took advantage of all the Phoenix problems and you know the emergence of even Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson like they yeah have a bit they, of a concept on, on Jalen Brunson like he's a good player he's like he won his national championship in college like he was he was an older player that was drafted but you know coming down the stretch like he's really shown that he can definitely alleviate some of the playmaking and scoring pressure from Luca, I think and I think look Luca is obviously at his best when he dominates the ball but that doesn't really win your championships you know it's great for individual accolades and you know awards and he's like there's no question mark, like you have no question marks about Luca of you know showing up and being clutch and I think all of those kind of things are not geared towards him whereas other players would catch flack like he's clearly been able to produce at the highest level but um, yeah it's their team for down a, the line I think it was a, it's a, it was a strange season for Dallas I mean they obviously when they built the roster we see before us it was designed with Porzingis and Luca in mind yeah and Porzingis has been a fail. They've moved off him. So this season, I, I kind of I feel as if it was uh, go out and play the season, and we'll see what we can make happen in the summer. And it it just kind of grew legs. Um, I don't think they ever envisaged it would go this far. Um, but I think Luca is legitimate top three young player in the league easily, um, and that's beyond dispute. I think from anyone. And I think he's in a great situation. Uh, Dallas, like, when Dallas had fallen off their, you know, come off their championship high with Dirk and, and that core had aged, um, Mark Cuban was happy enough to let, to be fair, at times, kind of let the cap space accumulate and let the, ro- like the roster rot. And then he got his guy. And 
I would have no doubts in him being one of the frugal owners or whatever if he has a chance to put a legitimate um superstar type player around Luca he'll he'll do it I I you know as I wouldn't even say frugal I just say he's just he's not prone to panic like I think if no, you're the doesn't GM freak like I think if you're the GM of the like say the Lakers or the Celtics I think you kind of have this unbelievable unerring kind of pressure to be competitive at least every three years like do you know what I mean as in you can't have a three year barren spell whereas I think Dallas there's no real pressure Mark Cuban's kind of he's, he's a clever bloke um, Yanks and stuff like that we're just known from kind of Shark Tank which is their equivalent of Dragon's Den yeah but I do think I wouldn't say frugal I'd say just clever like I, I don't ever remember him being afraid to pay players no and he he just personally strikes me as a fella like he obviously wants his team to have a high standard floor and if he I think he understands that like this stuff is cyclical that you can't like the Mavericks to be a dominant team for 10 years running is probably not you know what I mean like it's hard it's hard to have that like as you were saying with the Lakers and stuff like the Lakers fans are rabid nuts they just think like because you are purple and gold that you have an entitlement to be winning championships every year not really working out for them at the minute um so they're also adjusting as well um like for years LA was a basketball town it's now a basketball and football town with obviously the current Super Bowl champions in that town and then you've also got the rebirth of USC um, as a could be a college powerhouse football wise so you're competing with so many other times uh, other teams plus the Clippers are they are relevant now after decades of irrelevance I know yeah. they've had a poor season this year but it's injury wise and in fairness the Clippers have a a much more kind of stable organisation and owner as well where like you're not expecting them to ever get near the amount of banners the Lakers have but it's like you know when I grew up I was a United fan and now all the kids are City fans because that's what they have it's the same thing is that the younger generation of fans I would argue like they have more choice and and the Rams just won a Super Bowl, so they're like, jeez, I, like, why would I watch the Lakers? Seems a bit dif- dysfunctional. Mm. So they kind of, yeah, like it, 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 it's in, it's an interesting way to look at it. Like they being spoiled for choice and being one of the bigger markets, you've so many more teams. But um, the series, obviously, that we really want to discuss is this. It's another slobber knocker, Boston and Miami. What's your initial it, thoughts on it's the first a, It's a bizarre, games? bizarre series. So I was listening to, and not to give a plug to somebody who doesn't need a plug, but I was listening to the Colin Gohard show yesterday. The Celtics have won or drawn 13 of the 16 quarters in this series. And yet the series is tied 2-2. <coughs> They're actually so much better than Miami, it's strange that it's 2-2. This should potentially be um, kind of a similar setup right now to the Golden State Warriors and the Mavs it should be maybe 3-1 to the Celtics Miami's offence is so unreliable mm. it, it really is um, 
like Butler is obviously a phenomenal player, but you know, I just have questions about like their reliability in offense. But the thing that really irks me is that Boston are so I think and they showed it in the Milwaukee series, they had a lot of chunk leads in the Milwaukee series as well. Mm-hmm. They almost need to get the shit kicked out of them to play their best. And actually have their backs against the wall. And then you see the best Boston. But mm-hmm. you're kind of like, why... Does it take you, to get there? Yeah, why does it take to get there? Like, why do you have to be bet into the corner? Because the thing is, it's fine when you get a side like that with unreliable offense and you might get out of this. But if you end up getting this finals spurt and you get Steph, I really don't think he's going to let you away with that kind of crack. I don't think... Like, they've won their championships... It, if you get buried into a series hole now where you're always climbing back games as opposed to leading series constantly I think that would be my fear about Boston is that they so they they, they obviously swept the Brooklyn Nets who were not up to much fair enough they played Milwaukee and it was a real old school throwback series Miami Heat uh, it's it's not too dissimilar it's just it's been a strange series though but there's been no tight games whereas they had that in the Milwaukee series if it ends up going to seven games and Golden State Warriors overcome the Mavs sooner rather than later they're going to be fatigued tired and they've not played a small ball lineup in the playoffs or like your traditional kind of your new age kind of way of thinking around basketball it's uh, it could be a matchup nightmare it's the same way I thought Phoenix would have given with all the issues going on they still would have given Golden State Warriors a better series to date than the Mavs have but the Mavs were a perfect side to meet the Phoenix Suns when they met them you know the kind of the, the adage styles make fights um, yeah stylist yeah it's it's strange like Boston are so long and I think like whatever way about ball dominant players and stuff like that they have two of the most athletic wing players in Tatum and Jalen Brown and they I always kind of criticised them for teams get stuck in this way of thinking that we just keep building it's fine you're like going no you're pretty good to go with those two to be honest you need to start getting the right pieces and they're mired in just really really inconsistent play and that, in fairness that lasted right up until before Christmas and then they went on this absolute fucking tear that's your backs against the wall thing though again yeah and every time you see them they're just racking up wins and more wins and like the streak keeps going and you're like is it sustainable is is this what we can expect out of that core players now next season from the get go and the year after and the year after that because then you would really think right they're a legitimate finals threat every year and li- only until we get to the playoffs are you thinking of that team this year like that I don't know the Celtics situation is a strange I think while they're both exceptionally talented I have reservations about the ability of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to work together in crunch time I think it's a difficult decision but I think the Celtics should move off Jalen Brown I think they should trade him 
now when they'll get maximum value from him and I think they should build around Tame because I think like Luca, he's a top three young player in the league and he's ascending yeah he's a phenomenal and that's where I think how they get into this backs against the wall thing is that the game plan breaks down and instinct takes over yeah he look he's a phenomenal athlete and do you know what phenomenal athletes like to do they like to read and the best place to read is the athletic and you can get a month free on the athletic if you click on the link on our podcast that was that was a that was forced well look fucking I, I enjoyed forced, it forced but I'm, I'm I'm doing that plug about two years now and I don't think I've ever pulled it off to that effect so that was that was unique anyway yeah look this is my show it's, it's, you know what <laughs> I have to keep rules. saying it. it new route look clean slate the BFA is back torturing the radio waves can't argue with it so if I was to push it like look the Warriors it would be I would be shocked if this got anywhere near six games I'm saying five but if I was to push it really are you saying Boston in five oh no sorry Boston in six or do you think Miami do you think this is going to be a recurring team where we're going to get another seven games I think we're going to get seven games no I'm probably going to back the Celtics overall it's it's that that stat I kind of threw out that came from Colin Gord the fact that they have either won or drawn 13 of the 16 quarters and yet the series is still tied 2-2 two and two, suggests to me that there is something awry is it a huge issue that they can't overcome I don't think so but there is just there's something not quite right with the Celtics that they're al- like they're allowing this to happen fair enough I kind of called uh, the coach obviously from the ball bags is a massive Celtics fan and I did say opening two games in Miami will be split 1-1 yeah because of because of the Milwaukee book series but I did not expect it to be 1-1 leaving the TD Gardens and back to Miami if that makes sense I thought they'd take both both, both home games I think a lot yeah. of it kind of comes down to the personality of their coach you know I mean Udoka as well it's his first gig and it's a big gig to get like boys you know not to sound like normally you get a you know it's like oh you're now the coach of the Hornets and you're not really set up for success you know in that situation like you might get two years and you're out the door and the rebuild is done like Brad Stevens whatever happened with the hierarchy in Boston last year I thought I always thought that Stevens was the next big superstar head coach in the NBA I did and you know for a while it it looked like it but Boston was like him it was just so like the potential was always evident and then it just dropped and then he stepped away and he's now you know effectively the GM or the president of operations he's the whole show and he's selected Dudoka who is obviously learning on the fly but he really decided to get after this group you know in media conferences that they you know defense was shite and I think they just got sick of him calling them out and were like right we're gonna we're gonna this is your identity we're gonna follow it and I think 
the inexperience is clearly evident there because they, they give up so many of these leads and stuff like that as well but I think going down the line I think they've found a good one mm. I think yeah I think like ultimately if they come up short against either Miami or I'm assuming Golden State then it's painful but I think it actually it, it might do them good it might leave them hungry in the off season there's also a, a fact that because of the volume they're playing we're seeing them picking up these injuries like we've seen there's a game game three they lost in Boston wasn't it or is it a yeah Miami went up 2-1 yeah and Boston took a, a Bam. standard Boston taking it back Bam yeah. Adebayo was kind of the star player but we we've seen both Jason Tatum and we've seen Marcus Smart go off injured Marcus Smart was also injured in um, the Milwaukee series now they both came back in, in quarter four but they still had to leave with serious injuries a la Boston loved that Paul Pierce off in the wheelchair but I just think the volume is starting to be an issue here if they want to win the NBA series they need to drop a gear and they need to just win the next two games yeah and look I've been saying this for a while games like this and series like this and the series like especially the Milwaukee Celtics series like for us to get series like that it's at a cost because of you know maybe I don't know 72 game regular seasons or whatever way you want to look at it but if you if we as fans want to keep seeing these I don't want to see series where players are constantly injured or you know this Chris Paul stuff where you know he's going to miss games and you're like well would he miss a, would he miss the whole series if he if 62 game regular seasons were a thing or 72 like I know I think 60 I think 60 I think keep the play in because I like that playing is great it's the best thing to happen yeah. to basketball in a long time I think play in I also think round one best of five slowly warming up to that I, I I love the seven game series because game five just doesn't I suppose it has to happen before you get appealed to it you know that way it's like game yeah. seven is etched into my brain forever but like I can understand from a logical point of view of better series that a game game five in the first round is a, it's a very applicable thing I don't think the teams would want anything less than game sevens because of you know revenue and obviously tradition yeah tradition but then the only thing is it's a slow build you're building a better product there is a lot of sides if you've been say like the <coughs> statistically the best regular season team Golden State Warriors that year they went what was it in the end I can't was it Golden State won 72 games sorry they won they went 73 and 9 because they broke the Bulls record yeah. and they then they just burn out and LeBron yeah but Le okay right, but pause there who did they play in round 1 oh that year Jesus um, a very old a very beat up Memphis Grizzlies Marcus um, Al had his <laughs> And uh, Randolph, uh, Toby Randolph, is it? 
Zach um, Randolph still playing in the Memphis Zach Randolph, I think, yeah, very better, very better. But I think that was a four, four zip. Like, who's paying attention? Whereas if you drop it to a five-game series, all of a sudden, after game one, it's almost win or go home. Because if you go 2-0 up, series over. Yeah, the pressure, look, the, the pressure of the series just starts straight away. There's no, yeah. yeah. Like, no yeah. So the potential revenue for those round one games has increased because there's fewer of them um, now you probably have to go through a season where you're like mm, to, to see it then but that that would be my kind of fix um, and in addition dropping it to 60 I think you're removing this whole load management issue I touched on before with Kawhi and that um, I don't blame your likes of Kawhi for that because they're only operating in the system that's provided to them. Yeah, and I think if players are, and obviously a lot of players are gearing towards their load management, when you buy into that, you are accepting that the records from back in the day are not going to be attainable for you anymore. There's very few players that are ever going to get, you know, the 40,000 points. Do you know what I mean? It's not it's just not possible in load management here anymore so if you accept that then drop the games because you know you're not going to get it anyways so like the mm. the reason for 82 games is you know I can see why some players would be like I want the 82 because I want my scoring title I want my you know I want my top 10 statistics it's like yeah but you also only want to play 60 games a year yourself so I mean you ain't going to reach that anyways like I think Giannis in fairness to Giannis has a chance to really crack some of these records but like that's 10 years away before we even mm-hmm. 10 years and, and maybe you know I don't know whether he wins another championship or he gets hurt or you know he's the only player I can think of in my head that has a real opportunity um, like even Jokic who's very much like doesn't leave the ground and you you feel like he is a chance for longevity in his style of play to have a crack at a few records I don't think he'd ever ever make a dig at any sort of kind of like serious points record because he doesn't have that in him but like his rebound and assists like he could ideally end up finishing in te- like 10 or 12 years time as you know they're thereabouts the best statistically passer to ever mm. play the game at this pace but I think yeah I, I'm a big fan of dropping the games and I'm definitely more of a fan now of the five game when I think of it in my head the five game series will be just even one year test it why not yeah now I do have one caveat to the 60 game regular season is that you don't shorten the regular season you keep it as it is and you take away this whole thing of four games a week and it's two to three games max so you give players every opportunity to play both games play extended mis- minutes have less blowouts yeah so we're not actually going any deeper into the calendar year we're, it's the same and look if you get a chance to go and see uh, LeBron in the midweek or Kevin Durant in the midweek better odds of seeing him you know bums on seats bums Value on for tickets. and yeah, I suppose like what do you think then heading into obviously we're heading into the off season what do you think is there anything that strikes out to you in particular 
for next season that is something our you know our listeners could be keeping an eye on in terms of headlines to kind of watch headlines yeah what do you think like next year like do you think maybe like will the Knicks get someone big in the summer or what do you think anything um, no, no. Uh, I think casual fans well not casual fans but maybe more educated fans should play close attention to New Orleans because I think we had the volume of noise but it's gone very quiet on the whole Zion thing and when people get quiet sometimes things happen yeah to be honest I just want them back on the floor I mm. it's too good like the brief amount of games that we're seeing him like he is a special talent now what I would say is if you're the owner of the New Orleans Pelicans and by extension you obviously own the Saints as well if you let Zion walk out that building sell the franchise and move it 800 miles across the country 8,000 miles across the country rather because you're not fit to own and they've, they've passed up two arguably very arguably generational talents in Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson there were two players that were to rebuild the franchise and they've stuffed it up. Do I think Anthony Davis could have legitimately saved that franchise? No. On kind of what we've seen in LA. He's just too injury prone or too soft, depending on what way you want to look at it. But they have still let those two players go. Um, and that would be kind of my take. It's one of the worst run franchises in the NBA, to be fair. Yeah, I actually think that... Um and it's it can be, look you can see it as obvious enough or there'll always be defenders to say that they'll find a way to make it work I think the Lakers are fucked I would think you you could be right if not for the fact that it's a it's it'll always be a, a like a favourable free agent destination we're yeah. not talking about a Milwaukee where when Giannis goes it could be back to the doldrums for a good few years there's certain franchises when the Celtics are the exact same mm-hmm. Lakers Knicks no longer um, I would argue that it goes in stages but the Chicago Bulls right now are very attractive um, yeah there's a few landing spots that are always favourable like we're not talking about like Oklahoma how many draft spots have they got but what free agents are they going to attract some stash of picks they have as well in fairness yeah. to Presti all Presti wants is picks 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 yeah I think just problem yeah. picks is though you've got to use them the, yeah and look Danny Ainge is the same at Boston and mm. he's uh, forced basically into what did they call it an advisor retirement home gig like you say that but Danny Ainge but one the player escapes him but one trade got the two picks that ended up being Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown so that's very true um, I obviously if, if you ever said frugal he was frugal sometimes with the actual picks as well um, mm. but I do I genuinely I think the Lakers are in big trouble purely because I know they're a big free agent destination but I think that the young talent that's coming out at West now is actually bonkers. Like Minnesota next year, I think will take a huge leap. That's my that, team right. I'd watch. I think they're going to take a huge leap. Someone has to suffer for them to rise. I think Which it's LA at the minute, and I think like would they trade LeBron? 
is that on the cards? Is LeBron James not being on the Lakers roster next year a, a high possibility? I think I think it's quite possible. I think I for some reason it just mad that doesn't happen unless he initiates the move. He fucked it up so bad. <laughs> like I mean the the power he gave him uh obviously he decided to like look LeBron will do Oh PSG fans are listening. Yeah, the Mbappe thing. Yeah, we're not allowed to. I was told briefly, and no, I'm not allowed to talk about that. We're not allowed to talk about it in this show either. This spray the ball. Doesn't matter what ball's been spread. So I yeah, like uh, LA. I think are in trouble. I think Detroit with Cunningham is very exciting young player. I think they're probably nah. Like if you are a fan of league pass and you like you work nights, stick them on. You know that kind of way. Have a watch at Cunningham. He's a good player. He's he's a he's a really talented young player, um, and I think in two years' time they will have brought back that nasty Detroit kind of side that we were used to seeing in the mid two thousands. Mm. Some some you know, and I like I like Minnesota a lot next year. I know you do. Yeah, you're a huge fan. Really of do. Uh, Anthony Edwards has rare juice in him. Question. Um, this is the last kind of question that was for myself. Do you think Chris Paul's drop, shall we say, with Phoenix has left a lot more questions about that organization than we had at the start of the season and as we had going into the playoffs? Do you think is there scope that maybe they say Chris Paul is ain't ever going to win a championship? He just ain't ever going to do it. It's a very look. I I think the whole thing in Phoenix is that Sarver is probably looking at that side now, and he's very tight with his money. In that he may not want to pay DeAndre, Ayton. and he he wasn't at his best this year, especially in the postseason. And there was obviously a lot of stuff to come out with him, like this boy loves his video games so much that he's depriving himself of sleep and not. Like he's like I'm on 2k and playing my boys to like 5 in the morning you're like how do you do that and not think your performance is going to suffer I'd still pay him if I was Chris Paul I would be going into the GM's office and going look I've probably made close to half a billion dollars in my career I do not need this massive team or player option coming my way I'd be ripping up that contract taking the mid-level and paying it I genuinely would now look if I was being offered that kind of money I'd probably tell you to go fuck yourself and not take a penny less either which is fair but I think the context is everything he really probably only has one more crack at this like mm-hmm. legitimately I like next year he's one of the greatest point guards of all time I think if he wins a ring he's just behind magic that's it personally that's all he needs uh, to cement wouldn't agree with that, but huh? I wouldn't agree with that, but I'm not going to fight you on that. Who, one. who, uh, who, who's in your head? Point guard wise, I don't know. I just think. You think if Chris Paul like the highly decorated Stockton. career, huh? Stockton. Stockton. The ring changes the argument, though, doesn't it? At this stage, like the Stockton is very like so much. 
they're like clearly Hall of Fame player, like wizard point guard, like assist numbers through the roof. But I mean, like he's in this, like Chris Paul is going to suffer the same fate as him, where you just have like not Steph? to suffer. Steph, um, like, I don't. We're talking Steph, ring, if we're talking, we're talking rings. Yeah, like I don't really like Steph. To me, is not really that like that traditional point guard. Yeah, but player to Steph me. has changed how the game's played. And I that's, don't even that's got to count for more than rings. I don't put him in that conf- I put Steph in a much higher bracket of conversation than Chris Paul. I think the trajectory of where you look at those two guys in 10 or 15 years time is not even going to be close. Like Steph is Steph is getting a chance now to to get the four rings should really have enough juice in his legs to to attack five and six to be brutally honest with you which look if Kevin Durant never left we could be already at that point now so I would argue can I just one last point and then I, I am done because I think we're going, we're going way over than we imagined which is yeah, that's a good thing yeah but if the Golden State Warriors are successful this season and win the NBA championship mm-hmm. I would argue for Steph's legacy this is the most important ring this is the yeah, least dominant warrior side to win the championship in Steph's reign yep I would agree and it would be for all of his rings the most important and then you're just looking at volume bonus territory for him like really isn't it and mm-hmm. this would be the year he's like let's let's finally get my finals MVP you know I, I had been clamouring about like you know Steph gets so much attention in, in postseason games you know, they come up, like, you can't give them a second of room, like, full core press, like, you can't do anything else, and the attention then that he gets just gives his teammates so much more, so I think he's a, he's a sufferer of his own success nearly, is that, like, you can't win the finals MVP without being statistically the best player on the court, and that has suffered for him when it gets to final series. But yeah, I think where he's 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 a chance to hit rare air here, and yes. that's why I don't even put him in the conversation of like best pure point guard, like just behind Magic. I think he's so much more than that. Is he's transcended this position stuff now? To be honest, because you know he cuts off a ball like a shooting guard. Do you know what I mean? Table setter. I mean, he sets the table in a different way. The fact that he just starts hitting fucking logo trees and. Yeah. The whole complexion of games change. Yep. All good. Yeah. So, look, we have uh, the. Let's just say the schedule is fluid for the minute. But, um, obviously, if you like the show, you know, let us know on our Instagram. That I've been told multiple times I need to start liking myself. Um, so look I, I'll make the effort if the listeners make the effort um, and so we'll be back soon and that is all from me it's all from me <laughs>